I wonder if we read some of the stories in the Bible so often that we stop seeing what's in them. I wonder if we stop being amazed by the big stuff and completely overlook some of those small but hugely important details. Today we're exploring one of those stories, the baptism of Jesus. I wonder what we will notice. For me, it was that in the middle of all the people and the noise and the preaching of John the Baptist and even his own baptism, Jesus was doing something that I think we probably all overlook or miss out on sometimes. He was praying. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm joined by Anne and Jim Cowan in our service from St Ninian's today. Jim will lead us in prayer later. But now let's listen carefully as Anne brings us our reading. The reading today is from Luke chapter 3, verses 15 to 17 and verses 21 to 22. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. We've encountered some of this passage before during Advent when we heard about John the Baptist, this larger-than-life Old Testament-type prophet out in the wilderness preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah by baptising people and confronting them with the truth about how far they've strayed from God. His whole message was about preparing ourselves John wanted the people to sort themselves out, to get rid of the stuff in their lives that they knew wasn't good. You might remember that we talked about how we so often misunderstand the part about separating wheat and chaff and burning in the unquenchable fire as some kind of eternal punishment, when actually it's about us being able to take the good parts and keep them and have some way to deal with all the parts that we don't want to keep. That's our chaff and we can throw all of it away. In fact, we can throw it on the fire that will never go out because God is always waiting for us to get rid of that bad stuff. Today I want to take that thought a step further by thinking about how we might recognise the things in our lives that we need to change or leave behind. The best tool we have for that kind of job is prayer. And Luke's Gospel is full of prayer. This story of Jesus being baptised appears in all four Gospels. But there's something in Luke's account that doesn't appear in the others. And for Luke, it's important. It's important that Jesus was baptised. It's important what happens next. But it's also important what Jesus is doing when that happens. All of the Gospels tell of the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove and a voice from heaven, the voice of God, saying that Jesus is his son and that he's pleased with him. The difference in Luke's Gospel is that Jesus is praying when this happens. 
As we journey through Luke's story of Jesus this year, we are going to see that again and again, that Jesus spends a lot of time praying. It's the foundation of his ministry. So today I wanted us to have a think about what prayer is, how it works and perhaps explore why we find it difficult. And by the way, we're in good company in finding it hard. The disciples didn't know how to do it either. Prayer is a conversation with God. Now, we maybe don't model that very well in church. Our prayers are often us talking, well actually just one person talking, and very little space for anyone else to contribute or for any of us to do any listening. That's because we tend to do just a couple of types of prayer. We usually start with one type, a prayer of adoration. We tell God how great we think God is. And what comes next is usually a confession. When we tell God how great God is, we realise that we don't measure up to that very well. So we apologise for the times that we've got things wrong, either deliberately or on purpose, and we ask God to help us to do better and to be better. We say thank you, a prayer of thanksgiving as we dedicate our offering. Thank you to God for all the blessings that we've received and promise to, to try our best to share them with others, especially those most in need. Later in our time together, we pray for other people. That's called a prayer of intercession because we intercede on someone else's behalf. When we pray for ourselves, that's called a petition because it's, well, a bit like a court where you ask the judge to hear your case. That's called a petition. We do all of those kinds of prayer in church. And the reality is that we all pray at other times too. Sometimes it's a cry for assistance. God, help me. Sometimes it's an intercession. God, help them. And sometimes it's thanksgiving. God, thank you. What we're probably all a bit less good at is being deliberate in our prayer. New Year's often a time when we promise all kinds of change. We do more exercise, eat better, drink less, read more, go to bed earlier or take up a new hobby. We know that changing our habits is hard and making time to pray is one of those things that many of us really struggle with. I heard a guy called Pete Gregg who runs a 24-7 prayer network talking about why prayer is important the other day. He said something that really struck me. He said, if I told you that I was married but that I don't spend any time together with my wife, that we don't talk to each other, that I never listen to her, then you would quite rightly question the quality of our marriage, even though we have a marriage certificate. For so many of us, that's exactly the kind of relationship we have with God. And I think we all want to change that. I think we all want to be better. So how can we make our own prayer lives better? The first and most important step is intention. Being deliberate about prayer is important. It's easy to see what we value the most by what goes out the window first when we're busy and stressed. And it's so often the things that are the most helpful. For me, running goes first. I don't have time for that. It's not just half an hour of running. I need to get changed, then run, then shower. It's an hour. I don't have an hour. I'm too busy. And prayer is next. I don't have time to spend just sitting, doing nothing. I'm, I'm too busy. I could use that time doing something useful. Do you see the thinking? Just like seeing running as unproductive, it's easy to see prayer as a time doing nothing rather than time spent with God. The reality of missing out on something is quite different. I often pray when I run, so for me the two are linked. 
But when I don't run, I miss out on both the exercise that it gives me, the energy, the focus that keeps me well. And when I don't spend time in prayer, which also gives me energy, helps me focus and keeps me well, the rest of the day doesn't go so well. I end up procrastinating. I waste time. I get nothing done because I can't focus. I'm uncertain of what I'm trying to achieve. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. I wonder if you recognise any of that in your own life. When we look at Jesus in our passage today, there's a lot going on. John is baptising loads of people. Jesus has been baptised too. John is busy telling people that Jesus is the one they've been waiting for. He's telling them to sort their lives out. And they're probably all wondering, how do we go about doing that? And there in the middle of all of that is Jesus. And he's praying. He's praying because his relationship with God is the most important thing. Not the thing he does when he has nothing more important to do. While he's praying, God spoke to him. But he was already tuned into God, aware of God, listening for what God might say. That's something we can all get better at. All it takes is intention and a bit of practice. Clear some space in your day. The same time each day is good. Find somewhere quiet to sit and pray. And there are loads of things that can help. I'm really enjoying the Lectio 365 app that, that has a morning and evening prayer every day. It's free from your app store. But you could just take the Lord's Prayer. But take your time. Think about each line. We give praise to our God in heaven. We wonder about the blessings of God who gives us our daily bread. And then take time to say thank you for all the things that we're grateful for. And then ask for what you and others need in the day ahead. Ask for forgiveness. And to think about those we need to forgive. Consider what it might mean for God's kingdom to come about and what part that you might have in that. And listen, listen hard. That takes loads of practice and you'll get distracted and interrupted. But keep trying. Sometimes a candle or a picture to look at can help. Some people like to hold something like a cross or a stone. Find out what works for you and keep at it. Keep at it because prayer will change your life. Keep at it because prayer will change the world. And that's my challenge to you today. Pray and keep praying. The poet John O'Donoghue wrote, When you take the time to draw on your listening imagination, you'll begin to hear this gentle voice at the heart of your life. It's deeper and surer than all the other voices of disappointment, unease, self-criticism and bleakness. All holiness is about learning to hear the voice of your own soul. And it's always there, the more deeply you learn to listen, the greater surprises and discoveries that will unfold. To enter into the gentleness of your own soul changes the tone and quality of your life. Your life is no longer consumed by hunger for the next event, the experience or achievement. You learn to come down from the treadmill and walk on the earth. You gain a new respect for yourself and others and learn how to see how wonderfully precious this one life is. You begin to see through the enchanting veils of illusion that you have taken for reality. You no longer squander yourself in things and situations that deplete your essence. You now know that your true source is not outside you. 
Your soul is your true source and a new energy and passion awakens in you. That is the adventure of prayer. So give it a try and keep trying. Be intentional and persist because a great conversation with God awaits. Uh uh-huh. 
One of the ways that you might pray is to think about a word or a phrase. So I want to offer anyone who wants one the chance to have a star word. A star word is a word that has something to do with faith and I'll pick you one at random. The idea is that this word is yours to ponder for the year. A word to guide your thinking. Like the star that the Magi followed to bring them to Jesus. You can find out more at our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk Just click on the email me link next to the Star Word video. Or you can leave a comment on this service wherever you see it or on our Facebook page and I'll choose your word. God of love, in whose presence we find that it's to be beloved, we thank you for the expressions of love that we have witnessed in our lives amongst family and friends, neighbours and colleagues. For every time when we have known what it is to be accepted, for who we are, not for someone else's expectation about us, we give thanks. For every time when we have known what it is to be forgiven, when we have done something that has hurt others, we give thanks. For every time when we have known what it is to be included and our fears of rejection proved unfounded, we give thanks. And while we give thanks, we also know that for each of us giving thanks, there will be someone whose experience is very different. We pray for these people, for whom a sense of being beloved is a distant dream, devastated by abuse, spoiled by neglect, corrupted by indifference, and lament with them the harshness of a world in which anyone feels unloved, unwelcome, unimportant. God of love, into our communities flood a spirit of compassion that we might look out for and care for one another as equally beloved by you. Into our nation, flash a furious fire to flush out the hypocrisy that gives support to the wealthy while removing safety nets for the vulnerable. Into our churches, descend with your presence that we might never forget it is you we worship and serve. Hear our prayers, offered in the name of Jesus the Beloved. This we pray in the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Go now as a light to the nations. Honour the Lord. Tell what you know of the risen Christ, and fulfil all righteousness. And may God strengthen you, and bless you with peace. May Christ Jesus bring forth justice in you and among you. And may the Holy Spirit alight on you, and affirm you as God's beloved children. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.
The food bank is open for your donations from 1pm until 2.30pm on Sunday at the front door of St Ninian's Church in Vicars Road. If you need any food this week, then please just come down at the same times and collect what you need. Our weekly Bible study restarts from Thursday the 20th of January at 7.30pm on Zoom. Anyone is welcome to join as we explore the Bible passage that we read in the Sunday service. I mentioned the Lexio 365 app during the service. If you want to download this free app, then just go to your app store and search for Lexio 365. It's free and it works on both Apple and Android phones and tablets.